Welcome to the Runeways Podcast. Today on the show, I'm excited to have Kadrick Olson as my guest. Kadrick Olson is an internationally renowned author, speaker, and teacher who specializes in divergent paths of spiritual growth. He is the author of Runes for Transformation and is an international speaker, teacher, and expert on the paranormal. Kadrick has appeared on several shows, including the Gaia Channel's Beyond Belief and Open Minds, and he's teaching two classes here at the Next Millennium Books and Gift Store, and we'll be exploring what those are and more up next on the Runeways Podcast. Have you ever wondered exactly what shadow work is? How do we address the seemingly negative aspects of our life or personality in a way that will allow for future growth? And are you interested in using Norse traditions and ritual to connect with ascended ancestors? Kadrick Olson is coming to Omaha and stopping into the Next Millennium Bookstore to offer a class on Saturday called Beginning Shadow Work and another on Sunday called Working with Ascended Ancestors in the Norse Tradition. I'm honored to have had the opportunity to chat with Kadrick before his appearance here in the Big O. I have been a follower and fan of his work and his teachings with both the rune work and paranormal really resonate with me as a modern rune weaver. And I know that everyone that attends these classes will walk away with new insights and tools for personal growth. So let's get right into it. Here's my interview with Kadrick Olson. All right, and hello with me today, Kadrick Olson. Thanks for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be talking with you today. Right. I am also excited to be talking with you today because I got to admit that uh, yeah, I've been a fan of yours, I guess, a follower uh, for some time. Uh, watched a lot of your interviews and was really was really impressed and and really kind of attracted to the way that you weave not only rune work and whatnot within a whole lot of different types of practices. And what my listeners have been hearing me say, I've been talking about rune weaving. That's what I call it. Being able to take runes and weave them into a modern practice uh, and utilizing a whole lot of different spiritual practices that, you know, we've, we've been going over. And the reason why that you're talking to me today is because we've got, you got, you're coming to Omaha and we've got a class, two classes, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. And I just kind of want to go over those classes and kind of explain to people what exactly they're going to get out of the classes without giving, revealing too much. (laughs) And I thought maybe, well, first off, I just wanted to say again, yeah, thanks for being here. And first, you know, people coming down here, you're coming down here to uh, give these classes. Are you doing a tour? What's, what's happening in your life as far as that goes? That's a fair question. I'm coming up to meet the future in-laws, which live in Omaha. And I figure while I'm there, you know, Charlie's been asking me to come back to teach a class for quite a while now. And I figure while I'm there, hey, let's let's do a class here. Let's visit with some folks and keep you all grounded while you're meeting the in-laws, I suppose. (laughs) Hey, they're good people. I actually (laughs) get along with them really well. It's wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, your first class is going to be on Saturday. And let's mm-hmm. talk about that one. Now, this is one I've seen you do interviews on shadow work. And I believe the name of that class, uh, Beginning Shadow Work, yeah, that's what we're, we're talking about. And it's going to be on Saturday, July 8th from 2 to 3.30. And I kind of want to ask you a little bit about why do you think a class like this is important to, to, to people, to anybody? I've been teaching, leading, doing all sorts of public work for at least three decades. You know, I've been studying runes since I was 13 and I'm turning 52 this year. So I've been doing this for a long time. And over the years of teaching spiritual practices and working with people with runes and a lot of other things too, you know, pagan men's spirituality, I work with paranormal training. I keep seeing 
the same kind of issues pop up, the same sort of things happening. You know, for example, people are saying, well, I've been doing these spiritual practices. I've been doing my meditation. I've been working on this, but I still get angry. And I know anger is one of the lower vibration emotions, but if I was really a spiritual person, I wouldn't get angry anymore. And I'm like, well, no, 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 no. That's not how that works. Or people will say, well, I have this moment of jealousy or upset. So I know I just need a peace, love and light it, put some high vibe to it and it will go away. I'm like, great, you you do that and let me know how it works because it will work for a little bit, but then those feelings will come up. Those thoughts will come back and they'll get in the way. And if you don't learn how to deal with them head on, if you don't learn how to expose those deep, dark, ugly feelings and thoughts and beliefs and behaviors, if you don't learn how to expose those to the light, they're going to keep popping up over and over and over again. And it's really going to hinder your spiritual growth. So I started to develop working with shadow work, especially since I went through a really heinous dark night of the soul myself. I had to put these techniques to, to use for myself. And what I've seen is people who have like a roadblock or they hit like a glass ceiling, for example, in their spiritual development and their spiritual work, they just can't seem to get anywhere anymore. We do some shadow work. We get uncomfortable. And that's the point of shadow work is you get uncomfortable with some of these inner things that are going on. So that you can understand them and you can work work with them, not through them, not get rid of them, not exercise them, not eliminate or banish them, but work with them to find out what they're all about and integrate those lessons. And then all of a sudden, your spiritual growth is just going to skyrocket. Sounds so. like it's a lot of like Hagal work as well, like taking the time to to figure out why challenges are occurring in your life or why your life situation is there and what you're supposed to learn from it. Why are you going through these periods? And instead of running from it, thinking that it's wrong, that the world is, the universe is beating you down. Um, you said that you were like, a, you can't have the light work without the shadow. And I think that's, that's super important because again, we can either put a glade freshener on it <laughs> per se, or we can really deal with why there's a, there's that, that smell. Exactly. So, and, that, and, and that's what this is. It's, you know, in this class, we're going to get into the history of shadow work, where it comes from, why you want to do shadow work, what shadows really are, because there's a big misconception of what shadows are. We're going to get into what they really are and how hmm. you work with them. And you'll leave this class with a couple of really powerful ways of working with your own shadows and starting to eliminate those things that are getting in the way. Because do you think that, uh, are you putting this as to where like, that's just part of one person. You've got your light side, your it's a balance kind of, there's that always yin and yang kind of feeling of, of the darkness that helps protect us. And then also the lightness that makes us pleasant people to be around. Not even that. Really? We'll even get just at the biological level. If you've got an amygdala, which is the early warning system that lets you know there's danger, there's a problem. And if you've got a brainstem, which, you know, deals with a fight or flight response, if you've got both of those things, you're going to have a bad day once in a while. Mm -hmm. And if you've had learned behaviors and learned patterns over your entire life, which if you're a human being, you have, and you've been living on this planet for decades, you've got them, you're going to have good and bad days. You're going to have good and bad moments. And shadow work is Really, one of the things I've seen here is with shadow work is some people come to me thinking that anger is the problem. When we find out anger is not the problem, it's afraid of being angry is the problem, of thinking that you're less than 
because you get angry or thinking that you aren't worthy of whatever because you get angry. But again, as long as you've got an amygdala and a brainstem, which you do, you're going to get angry. And so you need to learn how to deal with it and function with it as a whole being, not somebody who's bypassing with peace, love, and light and puppy dogs and rainbows. Because it is part of everybody. It is. And it's, it can either be a controlled part of you or an uncontrolled part of you. And it can also change over years, I would assume. Yep. And even let's look at it from a runic point of view. If we go to the Elder Futhark, sure, you've got your Urus about strength. You've got your Wunyo about joy, your Yera of abundance. But you also have your Thurizaz of aggression and violence. Mm-hmm. You have your Hagal of hail. Corruption and destruction. Exactly. So right. even the runes tell us that there are ordeals that we have to endure, that being a whole being involves the good the bad the ugly the light the dark and it means accepting who you are completely and that's interesting that you say the whole beam because i i tell people sometimes that the futhark basically all the runes are or all the say all the gods in the in the myths all are kind of aspects of one person if you put them all together they're they're very much uh you know especially when it's their myths and their stories they are very distinctive personality traits but you put those all together and you have one human being and it's about (laughs) plugging into each one of those energies kind of thing. So yeah, even Isa, you know, learning to be an icicle, you know, I'd say to be able to start your shadow work, recognize you need to do shadow work. So what is, what would you say the difference would be then for people needing shadow work? Is it something like, well, is my anxiety shadow work that I need to do? Is my fear of this something I need to do? Or my, you know, I'm just, I'm, I got ADD. I need to do shadow, you know, I, shadow work's not going to help that. What's the difference between saying I'm either going to get, you know, I need, I need medication and counseling, or I simply need some shadow work and I really need to address the problem. All of the above. Excellent. You know, if, somebody, <laughs> if we have a biochemical issue, there's nothing wrong with that. Bodies don't always function at perfect optimal, optimal, you know, I have to take high blood pressure pills, you know, and if we need the biochemistry help, then we need it. And on top of the, the, the medication that will help us, if we can learn skills that will reinforce the thoughts, the behaviors, the beliefs that we want, then that will just compound the positive effects of the medication. If you don't need medication, then just learning the skills to deal with these things is crucial to improving your situation as a human being, to improving your development consciously, to improving your evolution spiritually. Just learning those skills are vital. I'm assuming you also address how people can allow themselves to accept this kind of self-work for themselves, if I can say that. I think- Integrating the shadow is the most crucial part. That's why we're not mm-hmm. banishing it. We're not getting rid of it. We're integrating it and we're learning right. from it because it's, right. we have ultimately realized every single shadow trait that we have. And I mean, every single one of them we picked up because it helped us for some reason. And we have to learn how that help came and what that help was really all about. And then we can integrate the shadow. And I guess to realize it too. Yep. Once we realize that kind of thing, then we can accept it a little bit easier and make it less of a, hailstone that was just there to put us down and one to help us wake us up exactly what was actually going on so so i think this is a very important class for a lot of people we do get a lot of I get a lot of people that talk to me about shadow work or they come in and and they are looking for all sorts of different 
things to help their shadow work rituals. Uh, so what were some of the top three things that they might be able to take away that when they come out of that class, they will have something that they didn't really realize before? They're going to have a better understanding of what their own shadows are, where they come from and what they're doing for them. They're going to be able to see other shadows because people project their shadows onto us all the time. And if you can't see it, you might just uh-huh. observe it and think it's your issue. And then you're going to have skills to be able to start working on your own shadows immediately. I mean, we'll even do some right in the class right then and there. So you'll walk out already being able to work with your shadows. Excellent. That sounds like even, you know, just a for anybody that's either starting out wanting to address this, heard about it, said, yeah, shadow work is something I think you need to do. Or uh, people that have already been working on, you know their own shadow work. Uh, this would be something that maybe a new approach. Um, do you bring a lot of, uh, you know, what kind of uh, th- thematic ideas do you bring to it? Cause you do, again, you're a runic expert. Uh, you do, you work that into a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you work in here uh, with this class too? In this beginning shadow work class, I don't have the runes on this one. Gotcha. This is more just straight you yourself and higher self working together with that. I do have an online course that I've created. It's a six week course called Shadow Ascension, and there are runes that we do a couple of different places in there as part of the, the coursework. And in that course, we do go pretty deep into working with shadows, and there's one-on-one work as well. You know, they can work one-on-one mm-hmm. with me. But in this beginning course, it's just you, yourself, and higher self. Excellent. <laughs> you, yourself, and your higher self. Should have a t-shirt for that. <laughs> well, let's also talk about Sunday's class. Mm-hmm. So this is the working with ascended ancestors in the Norse traditions. I am interested to get your take on all of this. I dealing with this. I feel like I'm, I'm pretty much the only one that does like, you know, ruins at next millennium for sure. But you know, people that I see coming in, uh, they, a lot of times, and I was actually going to try and come up with a podcast addressing working with Norse deities, uh, deity energies or whatnot you always get people to come up and say oh, i'm working with loki or i have this patron god or this patron god and i've kind of had this feeling of like what does that mean exactly and how do they as an individual picture that working with that and to me i feel like you tend to look at it more as like the, that kind of energy so tell me a little bit about i guess a summary of what we're going to expect from working with our ascended ancestors on this exactly and that's one of the things we have to go back and look in the old norse tradition if we go to all the folklorists and the anthropologists they will tell you that the old norse people did not necessarily not all of them you know there are going to be some variations but for the most part the norse people did not see the gods and the 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 norns even as like a human being as like a, a a humanoid living on top of a mountain or in the clouds with these great superpowers in our understanding in our words today they would have seen those deities more of a archetype personality archetypes you know oh, thor as the protector the blesser tear the disciplinarian not disciplinarian but the discipline and the structure that goes with tear odin about the teaching and the leading and the guiding they would have seen these as personality archetypes and all of the pitfalls that go with it, you know, all of the ups and the downs, you know, because sometimes a king can be a tyrant or sometimes it can be a benevolent leader. And Odin shows all of those sides. Yeah. So they would have <laughs> And when we approach this class, 
I'm not going to actually have you single out, you know, this was your Aunt Martha 30 generations back. We're not going to go with that. We're going to break it down into four archetypes, warriors, providers, teachers, and weavers. We're going to look at those four. In Old Norse term, the Ain Harrier, you know, the single combatants that are in Valhall, the providers are the Valkyrier, the Valkyries, if we want to anglicize mm-hmm. it, the Valkyrier, who are providing eternal life. The teachers and leaders are the DR, which are the ones who were taught by Odin to bring their information. And the weavers are the Desir that deal with the causality. And so we're going to look at the good, the bad, the ugly of these four archetypes, how you bring them into ritual, how do you work with them in a ritual, literally as as people in the ritual doing, like, how are you an Einherjur in the ritual? How are you the Valkyrie in the ritual? What are you doing? As well as what are the tools and the implements in the ritual? Then we're going to talk about how you live like one of these archetypes, because follow me here. When I have people come up to me now, mind you, I've been working with also true, the Norse heathenry stuff mm-hmm. for decades, decades. I've seen many variations on a theme on this, but all over the years, I've still had people say, well, you know, Thor's my patron. I'm like, great. How do you honor Thor? Well, once a month we go to a circle, we're bloat and we raise a horn and I call upon, I'm like, great. How else do you honor him? I'm like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, okay, stop. Think about this. What are the personality traits of Thor? You know, he's a brawler. He doesn't think. He acts first before he thinks. You know, but he still has a sense of compassion to protect and care for things. He was the god of mankind. He would he would plow your fields and drink with you at the tavern. Exactly. He's got He'd that be the first one to defend your village. You know. So I say, great. Now that you know that those traits of Thor, how would you live your life as Thor? How would you make your life a sacred action to Thor? So walking around your house at night, making sure the doors and windows are locked, the alarm set, that's a sacred action to Thor. So these are the kind of things that we get into. And when we were working with these ancestral archetypes, that's exactly it. When we are in ritual space, it's kind of like the reset button for what we believe and how we see the world. So we're going to learn how to do ritual with these with these archetypes of these ancestor, ancestral beings. But then how are you going to live your life? How are you going to put this to practice? Because everything you do in the ritual chamber has to have practical application in the real world. Otherwise, you're just dancing naked around a candle for no reason. For no reason, right. For the fun of it. And so we're going to give you that practical use of working with these ancestors so that you can take it out of the ritual chamber and make it functional in your life. It seems like you're going to be able to show how those energies with each type of deities and how are you using what deities energies and teachings you know every moment of every day because they all have something to teach you like on a constant um constant level so that that's that's interesting i'm really uh pleased to hear you talk about it in that way is this part of like developing these classes is that something that you was a result of you seeing a need kind of a void in some of the modern teachings modern practice Yep. And that was a the impetus I gave to my guides. I call them the whispers, my teachers. Yeah. Years ago. I'm like, great, this is great theory, but what's the practical use of it? Because we can know how these things work. We know why runes work, but what are you going to do with it? How are you going to use it? 
And I, I saw that way too much in ritual. People go to ritual, they do, they raise their horn, they make their offerings, they they do their bidding, say, hey, can you give me this? Can you help me with that? And then what? And then life goes back to normal. I'm like, well, that pointless. It, it's so what, what was the learning? What was the lesson there for? And the rituals should also be kind of an intentional thing as well as a, mm-hmm. a, a teaching. So all of the work I do, I insist that it has direct practical benefits, that we aren't just doing this for show. You know, uh, you're not going to see me at ritual wearing like Viking garb like you see on the TV show, because I want this right. speed on the ground, real world living situation. I want you to make use of it. Because my opinion is the Old Norse ancestors build a pathway that led to a certain point. You know, it got a little grown over because, of, you know, the centuries where it was not quite so walked. But now we're here today and we need to make that path forward with what we have today. So people will complain, you know, well, you're if you're carving runes, it's supposed to be in a fruit bearing tree and you have to use your knife and you have to put blood in it. I'm like, yeah. cool. But you realize if the Old Norse had a Dremel tool. They would have gone crazy making runes all over the freaking place. So that's what I keep. Why thinking. wouldn't we? <laughs> right? I have, you know, yes. If you've got the tools, modern tools now, there's no reason why. Because I'll tell you, I make runes, and I know you have. And mm-hmm. it takes a long time, no matter what material and what method you use. It takes a long time for each one. You still have to touch each one. You paint each rune in there. The intention time, the capacity you have to put those energies in there, it's all there. It's all right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the fact that most people don't necessarily know how they were ever used in the past anyways. And like you had mentioned before in several interviews, pretty much rune reading, reading with the Elder Food Arc started in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Divination with runes was an, invented in the 80s. Yeah. But, and that's okay. You know, it's, it that's is just, okay. It works. I don't know. And have you found a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, have you found a lot of feedback or not feedback? I push back a little bit. And have you found anybody that was like, well, I don't really, that's just not. No, it's just confusion because right. okay. divination with runes is so prevalent that when anybody hears, oh, you work with runes. Great. Can you do readings at my party? I'm like, well, I don't do that. Oh yeah. Oh, and it's like, well, can you come do readings here? And I'm like, no, we don't do that. We do other stuff with runes. Like, well, like what? And they, then they turn into a teaching opportunity and then people go, oh, you know, like, most people out there have heard of runes through new age bookstores, but they don't realize that you can get a PhD in runology because it's a language. So mm-hmm. I try to bring that. That's again, the practicality runes, aren't these numinous mysterious. They are, of course, they're just these <laughs> numinous mysterious things out there. You know, Fehu who can be this mysterious numinous thing, but when you see it as value and you realize that there's value in the world all around you, intrinsic value, extrinsic value, that you see value for yourself. Suddenly you realize that concept of value and investment, that's Fehu. And it's that's the rune head. And that the little stave that you see carved on a piece of clay or stone or wood is just a stave mnemonic way right. to tune into that value sense. I used to tell, I, I say it all the time that runes are the tools and you are the magic. Right. <clears throat> Um, because they are the they are the symbols, and it's what you put into them. And you're the magic that gets channeled through it. Uh, you can turn them into magical items and artifacts if you'd like, but there's nothing saying that you can't carve a any type of wood. Write the runes on them real quick. Do a rune reading. Exactly. Put them on a piece of paper. Cut them up. Make do a rune reading. It's a matter of like what kind of practice and experience and wisdom does that person have who's wielding 
these runic tools. Exactly. So, so all right. So great. Wow. Uh, is there anything else you want to tell people about these two classes that would, uh, I don't know, pique their interest? I know that uh, they're they're each of what, an hour and a half? Yeah, an hour and a half or so. Yeah. I would say really with shadow work, everybody could use it. I don't care who we are. I don't care where we are in our spiritual development or growth. If anything bugs you, anything annoys you, if you have weird moments or weird thoughts, which we all do, shadow work will benefit you. It will take you to the next level because whatever your baseline is here, 10 years from now, you're going to be operating at a different level and you're going to need to work shadow work to get your baselines rising. So shadow work is important for everybody in their spiritual growth everybody and if you've got an interest in the north stuff and you want to go at a more practical level you want to make this something useful that will change your life that's why you want to come to this class because you're going to get a new perspective on working with the norse tradition than what we might see you know with bloat and stumble and people trying to recreate what they saw in the vikings tv show we're going to have the yeah. practical real world with one foot in the old norse one foot in the modern Modern, and put right. it together in a practical way a nice balanced way and I, I think you know again even with the shadow work you said you don't work with the runes on that if you are still interested in runes and want to take the shadow work class the thing is you're going to find some way to correlate your rune work in with this again weaving the runes into every part of your spiritual practice whether you do or not so oh, yeah like again my six-week course runes are a part of it that's the last thing I want to talk to you about. What else can they, if people like this course, uh, what else can they do if they've just discovered you, uh, along with people like me who've known you for a little while? Uh, I mean, virtually. <laughs> but uh, what, what, where else can they go and, and find some more? If they really resonate with how you teach, what can they find? Uh, my website is kdrick.com. Pretty simple. Hmm. And I have another website where my courses are. It's kdrick.teachable.com. Right. So if you go to either one of those places, you can find the work I'm doing. And even if you go to my website, kdrick.com, you can always even book one-on-one -on -one sessions where you can work together. So really, that's the main right. kdrick.com. And uh, what has been the, I guess, last question here, what has been the one thing that you have found that has helped you the most throughout all of the decades of working with runes? What is, what is the one thing that you've found the most rewarding out of all of it that has kept you doing this? continuously for 30 years seeing people grow i do this to watch people change and evolve have their own aha moments I, I when i work with clients even in the shadow stuff or whatnot sometimes they come in a little confused a little bit scared a little uncertain and as we're working together i see that confidence build i see those clouds lift and i see them you know on the path that they want to be I, i've seen entire lives change just within the weeks that we work together and I love it. And, and that's why I do it is because it's mm -hmm. making an impact in people's lives. So people can mentor through your classes and then one-on-ones and kind of work with you that way. You betcha. You're pretty accessible for being, yes. you know, featured on all these things that I've seen you on before I get to meet you today. Yep. Heck yeah. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. If you've got Gaia.com, I'm on a bunch of Gaia shows. So yes. check out Gaia. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And if you know, you just like what you've heard today and you take us with classes and courses, the guy interviews that you have on there, both on uh, Nori's show, Beyond Belief, as well as uh, 
um, Regina Meredith, Regina Meredith's show uh, yep. are both very pertinent to to what you've been teaching for quite a while, and it really does go way more in depth, gives you a lot more information, but really sets you on the right direction. Of, of if you're interested in the way Cater teaches, well, you need to you need to see those two. It's very well worth it. So, um, wow, Cater, I can't wait to take your classes. And I can't wait to have you here in Omaha and uh, meet you in person uh, when you come here on Saturday and Sunday for these classes and, uh, and your visit. Perfect. I'm looking forward to it, too. It's going to be a great time. All right. Well, thanks a lot for being with me. And until next time, uh, this is Wayne. We'll see you on the Rune Waves podcast. The Rune Waves podcast is brought to you by the Free Life Media Network. For more information on runes and rune work, visit runeways.com. I'm your host, Wayne Brecky, and thanks for listening.